Hava'iya for May 21st, 2005. Aloha and Hafa'adai! This is Hava'iya show number 12. Uh, my name is Ryan and Mahalo Anuiloa. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, speaking of listening, what is that you're hearing? Why, it's the new, beautiful, official Hawaii Up theme song! Now, one of the artists that I featured on Hawaii Up in the past is a great group called Akamai Brain Collective, and Eric, a member of that trio, graciously agreed to let me adopt the lead track on their first CD, the song is called Bananas and Rice, as the theme for Hawaii Up. Now, uh, I do want to thank my good friend Greg Bueno for providing our original intro music, the song we heard for the first 11 shows. He helped to give Hawaii Up a great start, but a very big thank you goes out to Eric, his uh, brother Abe, and Randy of Akamai Brain Collective for providing the new, decidedly island sound for the show. Now, uh, it's been a long week here, folks, as you might have guessed from this Saturday show, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. Uh, I've got a double dose of music on the menu this time, two very different songs to share with you. We'll check in with the wife, of course. Uh, we'll have a quick chat with a visiting podcaster and video blogger from uh, California, and we'll see what my son has to think about the political showdown in Washington, D.C. But first, of course, it's time for... Hawaii Up Headlines Around Hawaii and Around the House Alright, it's uh, still very early in the year, but yet there have been a number of major brush fires already. It uh, We had a relatively dry winter, and it looks like we're going to have a really dry summer, so we're bracing ourselves for a very smoky brush fire season. Now, we've already had our first major fire of the year. This was out in Nanakuli last week, and in the end it burned over, uh, I think, uh, 3,000 acres. It took six days to contain. Uh, schools were closed. Folks got sick. Endangered species were endangered. Um, and, you know, at one point they had four big blazes in three different valleys. Half of the fire companies on Oahu were out there. Um, you know, so the fire department stretched thin. There were injuries. Their equipment were damaged. Now, no homes were destroyed, but it was a big big fire and the real tragedy of these fires is that they're often set on purpose at least as often as you know they occur because of a stupid smoker or something um, and uh, most of the time the arsonists get away with it not this time though uh, they had witnesses they spotted a guy messing around behind Nanakuli cemetery just before the fire began and they caught the guy but guess who it was it was a 13 year old kid just a kid now you know, cops aren't saying for sure if he was the only one involved, though they think so. More interestingly, though, they're not saying uh, if he might be behind various other smaller fires that have been popping up all along the Waianae coast. Now, you know, considering the number of people who say they'd like to cut the arms off folks arrested for graffiti, uh, I'm surprised no one's asked that this kid be burned at the stake. You know, the folks I saw on TV were pretty level-headed. One guy was saying that, you know, this kid needs to be rehabilitated, not locked up. But uh, the newspapers were saying that the cops were afraid of retribution from his neighbors. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are, are really upset, and, and there's a chance this kid could get tried as an adult, uh, face felony charges. Now, uh, I know firsthand that kids can be stupid, and uh, young kids usually have no idea what they're doing, but, but you know, 13 is, is borderline, I think. I've certainly met my share of genuinely evil adolescents. Uh, so the courts are going to have to decide just how malicious this 13-year-old was and uh, whether he was just being stupid or if he, he really wanted to cause the kind of incredible 
uh, mayhem that he did. I'd be I'd be very interesting to see if they link him to the other fires, for example. Uh, I, I sure hope that the kid's scared. I, I mean, I hope he's quaking in his pants, and I hope his friends are scared too. I mean, I imagine that if enough kids got away with this setting fires thing, it'd be the next big thing among uh, kids, you know. You know, setting an example by getting a tough sentence is sometimes an iffy justification for uh, really aggressive prosecution, but, you know, fire. Fire just gets right to the the heart of fear, doesn't it? I mean, one tiny spark, and the next thing you know, homes, lives, just so much is at stake. Who knows what's going to happen to this kid? I'd hate to be his parents, though, I'll tell you what. Now, in the icky file, we have this story of an airline catering company. Now, it's a national firm that prepares foods for airlines, um, but they got busted by the FDA at their facility here in Honolulu for violations of health and sanitation requirements. Uh, I guess the investigation came after something like 50 people leaving Hawaii for dozens of other places all got food poisoning. Uh, now, I'm not sure if they specifically linked the food poisoning to this company. Uh, the company is uh, Gate Gourmet, and uh, but, you know, they've taken stool samples of employees and everything, so we'll find out soon. But anyway, when they showed up at this uh, facility here by the airport, well, let's just say the warning letter they got uh, is pretty hard to read before a meal. I've got it here. Uh, let's see. During their visit, they found the kitchen, quote, failed to hold perishable food at or below 50 degrees. So uh, food in the refrigerator was warm. Pork at uh, 87 degrees. Turkey at 97 degrees. That's hot. Uh, they, quote, failed to construct and maintain uh, the facility to be free from flies and other vermin. Uh, a live cockroach was observed on a wall near the salad production area, and live flies were observed in all areas of the facility. <laughs> uh, and they failed to keep utensils used in the preparation of food and beverages clean. Uh, the refrigerator door handles were dirty and sticky with food residue, mold on the windows, uncovered trash can, uh, <laughs> more flies and roaches. Um, employees loading ice with their bare hands and uh, this this folks is the best line a pink slimy substance was dripping onto the conveyor at the clean end of the pot washing machine pink slimy substance folks uh, I mean you thought airline food was supposed to look like that uh, I guess not uh, the company says it has a, a good FDA record overall and uh, that they fired the general manager here in Honolulu they brought in a hygienist and more janitors and painted the place uh, but you know still considering how awful airline food is already it's tough it's just it's hard to imagine that it could actually get worse now uh, it's quiz time folks can you name the single largest source of air pollution in Hawaii which is uh, in fact also the largest source of atmospheric sulfur dioxide in the country uh, Hawaiian Electric the state legislature? Uh, nope it's Kilauea folks uh, the volcano on the Big Island Madam Pele now, uh, according to the local chapter of the American Lung Association, Madame Pele's latest eruption, which has uh, been going on for like 20-something years, uh, it has been putting a 1,000 metric tons of sulfur dioxide in the atmosphere a day. That's, uh, that's a heck of a lot more than the worst industrial polluter on the mainland. Now, uh, locals know about VOG, or volcanic smog. Uh, when the winds are weak or blowing uh, west instead of uh, east, we can get the same kinds of beautiful orange and red sunsets the lucky folks in Los Angeles often see. 
but uh, you know just because it's mother nature putting those particles in the air and in your lungs it doesn't mean it's good for you now we've had one of the highest rates of asthma and uh, asthma related death and illness in the country my kids definitely have breathing issues um, and folks on the big island they they know when to keep asthmatic kids at home or even when to cancel outdoor events sporting events uh, the Star Bulletin is reporting that the USGS and the National Park Service are uh, working on a monitoring and advisory plan for the Big Island for when things get especially bad. Huh. Now, all that said, of course, it really isn't all that bad, unless you have asthma, I guess. Uh, most of the time, the trade winds keep the worst of it away, and we are talking about a volcano. This stuff is hitting the air thousands of feet up, you know, not at the uh, car exhaust uh, level. So our air is, is, is still pretty damn good, and it certainly doesn't uh, breach any air quality standards. They uh, said a scientist at UH said that air quality-wise, the worst day in Kona on the Big Island is still better than the average day in urban California, and I believe it. Ah. Let's see, as for the home front, well, like I said, it's been a little crazy. Jen had been feeling uh, under the weather for a while. And over the weekend, she was getting really uncomfortable, and it finally got to the point where she asked to go to the emergency room. So uh, we headed down there, but uh, after sitting in a crowd of these uh, restless, unhappy people and finding out that it might be four hours before she'd get to see anyone, uh, we just came back home. I ended up taking off from work and taking her to the doctor the next day, and it turns out she had walking pneumonia. Isn't that a great name for a sickness, walking pneumonia. So uh, she got antibiotics and basically a prescription to stay in bed for a couple of days. So uh, I got to manage the zoo all by myself uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Not really, actually. They kept going up to her anyway. But uh, let me tell you, it's times like this week that make me want to uh, kick somebody, kick anyone who complains about working all day while their uh, husband or wife gets to gets to stay home uh, all day with the kids. You know, it, it it might not be the Marines, you know, not the fire department, but full time parenting. It's it's hard work. Totally awesome and rewarding. Don't get me wrong, but it but it kicks your ass. Uh, and I'm not saying this like it's just the right thing to say or because it's uh, some epiphany that I just had uh, when Katie was born. Jen was the one with the job, and uh, I was still in school, and I was the one that stayed home with the baby. And uh, let me tell you, folks, I lasted, I think, three weeks. I mean, I had three weeks, and I was, I was like, I'm getting a job if it kills me. Uh, and uh, that was just one helpless baby, folks, and 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 not three kids, not a helpless baby plus a terrible two toddler and a stubborn seven year old. Uh, anyway, we managed, uh, though we did call out for pizza the second night. I uh, walked the kids to the park, took them to Costco, basically tried to keep them away from mom uh, at home and uh, tried to keep them from killing each other. Of course, Jen's still recovering, uh, and the end result is we're still kind of cranky and tired. Uh, there was a high point this week, though, thankfully. As I mentioned a couple of shows back, and you heard, Katie was rehearsing hard for her first May Day performance at school. Now, this isn't a May Day like my father-in-law says, that whole communist uh, labor Russia thing. I mean, yeah, there's the Labor Day link, and Hawaii has its share of uh, pinko hippies, but uh, really, it's more of a sweet, happy occasion to celebrate and give people lays. May Day is Lady in Hawaii, as they say, so it's May 1st, technically, but I guess school kids take a little while to get organized, so Wednesday was the big show, 
and uh, we went over to see, and it was it was pretty great. I mean, I guess parents have to love this stuff, uh, but as school shows go, it was pretty good. Better than what my school mustered when I was a kid, anyway. Uh, each grade had a theme from 50s and 60s music to uh, surf music, and uh, the first graders and Katie did Hawaiian. Uh, so they had a little chant, uh, then a little hula performance, pupu hinu hinu, uh, and then a Tahitian dance. And uh, Katie, she did great. Uh, and she, you know, she kept sneaking a peek over at us and at mom and smiling. Uh, during the Tahitian dance, I was trying to figure out what move she was trying to do because she wasn't doing what everyone else was doing. Uh, and then it turns out that she was just trying to keep her skirt from falling off. And uh, the guy next to him, his malo, his, his skirt fell off. So uh, very cute stuff. Of course, I video blogged it. Uh, so, you know, that was great. Uh, definitely a high point. Okay, it's uh, it's time for music. And, of course, who else could I feature this week but Akamai Brain Collective, the folks behind the Hawaii Up theme song and the musical geniuses behind the Progressive Island Jams sound. Now, uh, Eric, Abe, and Randy, they fuse elements of jazz, blues, exotica, Latin, classical, uh, and pop, and they make stuff that is both local and yet uh, something else. Now, they do mostly instrumentals, uh, but this song has words and lyrics. It's called Miles, a song of long-distance love. It's off their self-titled debut CD. It's uh, just uh, about three minutes long, and I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. Here I go now I'm searching for words I like to say
That was Akamai Brain Collective with Miles on their debut CD. Now, by absolute random chance last week, I ran into Eric at Alamoana, and uh, he told me that Akamai Brain Collective is indeed getting together this summer to make more music. But uh, the big news might actually be that his brother Abe also has his sights set on some solo stuff. So I'll definitely watch for that, and Abe will also be performing this weekend in New York at the Pacifica Film Festival. That's uh, Pacifica with a K, not a C, the Hawaiian Film Festival up there. So if you're in New York, check it out. And if you're in Hawaii, he'll also be featured on Island Beat on KIKU, the multicultural channel. Uh, that'll be on Sunday at 6.30 and again on Wednesday at 9 a.m. So uh, check your listings to see where KIKU is. Anyway, if uh, you want to learn more about these great guys or pick up their first album, just visit AkamaiBrainCollective.com. And uh, if you think you're going to have trouble spelling that, just hit the link in the show notes at HawaiiUp.com. All right, it's time to check in with the wife. It's time for... The Bit of Pop the Podcast Edition with my beautiful but slightly sick wife, Jen. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Hi. And thank you to all, also Alex. So we've got to talk about Lost. Yes, we do. There's just one episode left. It's the two-hour finale next Wednesday, and a heck of a lot was packed into this episode that brings us right up to the brink. Yeah, quite a bit. We had a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, there were several flashbacks instead of having... Well, one character's flashbacks scattered throughout a single episode. You had several characters' flashbacks in one episode. Yeah. Um, let's see. We had Sawyer being deported. Um, we had Jack and a very special guest star. Michelle Rodriguez. Right. And she looked great. She did look great. Jin uh, and Son in the airport. Um, Shannon having um, Saeed almost kicked off the plane. Yeah, actually, we don't know what happens there, but that was an interesting crossover. And we have Kate and the Marshal. That's right. So this episode brings everybody is trying to bring everybody right up until before the crash, basically. Now in the Jack flashback where we saw Michelle Rodriguez just as the as another passenger, there was a little detail. Right. Um, their seat numbers, they were the magic numbers. I guess she was sitting in row forty-two, and he was sitting in row. 23. Those are the same numbers that are on the hatch. Those are the same numbers that brought her earlier to Australia, et cetera, et cetera. Right. The Jin and Sun flashback I thought was pretty good. Right. You know, we know why um, Jin acts that way towards Sun. We know the story. We know, know what's going on. And you see those horrible Americans. Yes, the stereotypical ugly American. Right, making that kind of a snap judgment about, you know, Jin and Sun's relationship and and you know, how she's submissive, and, you know, it's just funny to see two characters that have absolutely no idea what's going on. And they make a snap judgment, and, I'm, you know, obviously the point being is that we see strange domestic encounters everywhere we go, and there's a story behind everything. That's right. And, um, and of course, we also know that uh, Sun can understand English, so she can actually understand everything that they're saying about her. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. I was, I was hoping she'd say something but you know actually i wasn't sure if her flash if that flashback was finished or if we're still going to see the second half of that little encounter i guess we could uh, we also saw um a f- flashback involving boone and shannon and saeed and that also right uh, shannon 
basically wanted to prove to Boone that she can be as big a bitch as as he thinks she is. So she goes and tells the security guard that there's an Arab guy leaving a bag unattended. Right, right. So there's more to the story, but we both know that Saeed makes it on the plane, so Lord knows. That's right. And um, the flashback, I seem to like the least Kate and the marshal getting ready to get on the plane. Um, The marshal has to pass the gun case by the, I guess, the security, and he's explaining why he needs the five guns. And I just felt like it was so much information crammed into three minutes. You know, I was kind of resigned to not knowing the full story about Kate until, like, next season. But it felt like they needed to just, okay, here it is, bam, 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 bam. And, you know, the person that asked the question didn't need to know all of that and it felt just forced and like it was just too much at once right i mean it was the very typical movie uh exposition scene where a character for no apparent reason decides to lay everything out for everybody now truth be told we actually don't know everything because obviously kate was wanted before any of that story began but uh, you're right it seemed like he was just spoon feeding it all to us as if we couldn't figure it out for ourselves now meanwhile back on the island we had a lot of things happening as well Right, um, Danielle came. The crazy French lady. Right, um, bearing some warnings about the others. And the ominous pillar of black smoke which signals their coming. Right, so I mean we've yet to figure out who the others are and you know what they want and what's going to happen. And there were, actually, there were actually a lot of loose ends kind of tied up in this episode. Yeah, that's true. Um, Sawyer finally told Jack about meeting up with his dad at the hotel bar. And uh, Sun and Jin, who've been estranged for the last several episodes, uh, literally kissed and made up. That's right. And, you know, it was such a great makeup, and they looked so happy that now I'm kind of afraid that Jin is doomed. Right, exactly. It's like, this is a goodbye scene, but maybe it's a goodbye scene. And uh, in addition to the regular characters, we're starting to see more of a new guy. Yeah, Artst, Leslie Artst, the high school science teacher. Now, I'm not sure what his deal is, uh, but I think he's kind of he's kind of fun at least. He is. He has this world weariness about him, but at the same time he's funny. You know, Hurley is a humorous character. He's funny and he, but Arts seems to have something that Hurley is lacking. My problem with Arts is that we're getting to like him so much that it, it's almost like they're setting him up to be the Star Trek red shirt, and we get to know him, we get to like him, and next thing you know, he's dinosaur food. Well, maybe not. You know, I think they're too smart to do that. I think a lot of people would expect that of them, of the writers. So I think they're going to try to avoid that just because it's such a conventional thing. And it's also, I think, important for them to occasionally bring one of the other uh, passengers out of the 42 into the foreground in case there's ever a... In case there's ever a labor dispute, they can just write someone off and bring someone else forward. I guess so, and that's kind of what people are saying is going to happen next season, is we're going to see um, a little bit more of others. It would be really interesting if every season there was sort of a slightly different uh, ensemble in the foreground. That would be nice, you know? So the most basic plot development is that the big boat gets off. Right. Um, Sawyer, Jin, Michael, and his son Walter all um, took off. So, of course, the question is how far they're going to get, and I guess we can make a pretty safe prediction that they won't get altogether that far. And finally, we see the return of the monster. That's right, Lost Zilla. 
<laughs> so at least we know that they haven't given up on the supernatural element either. And finally, the French lady showed the passengers something they'd never seen before. Black rock. Which is actually a, a ship. Well, actually, it's more of a Spanish galleon, like a 16th century Spanish galleon. Right, so there's an interesting story there. And meanwhile, the passengers showed the French lady something she'd never seen before. The hatch. And actually, I was kind of surprised that she didn't know what the hatch was. I don't know. I'm not convinced that she doesn't know about it fully, you know? I think she's smarter than she's letting on. So, two-hour finale next Wednesday on ABC. And then, of course, I doubt, even though they call it a finale, that it's actually going to close off anything. It'll probably be a cliffhanger to torture us all summer. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do all summer. Or what we're going to talk about, but we'll think of something. Thanks for joining us, Jen. My pleasure. You know, last week brought us something like the perfect storm in podcasting land. Uh, we talked in our last show about Todd Cochran's new podcasting book, and he was featured along with a couple of other podcasters in the KHON Evening News, Channel 2 News, and Morning News, in fact. It was a really good segment, and I've got that up at hawaiipodcasting.com. There was the very next day a seminar, Podcasting Applications for Business, by Shane Robinson and Roxanne Darling of Barefeet Studios, and the turnout was just great. In fact, Andy Bumatai, the well-known local comedian, was there, and I swear it would be awesome if he started a podcast, so uh, we'll be helping him out if we can. And uh, finally, last week, we welcomed to Honolulu a well-known podcaster and video blogger, Eric Rice, who was kicking off his cross-country and, in fact, international Vox Media or personal media tour. So uh, we met up with him outside the Apple Store and uh, had a long chat, whipped out all our gadgets, uh, video blogged each other, and then we went out in search of dinner. We ended up at Jackie's Kitchen, Jackie Chan's uh, only restaurant in the U.S. I got to tell you, the food wasn't altogether that good, but the conversation was just great. All right, well, I'm here at Alamana Shopping Center with Eric Rice, who's kicking off his podcast and video blog roadshow right here in Honolulu. And uh, this was kind of a last-minute decision for him to come here, but uh, this tour will come together as he travels across the country, so I thought I'd ask him to tell all of you a little bit about it. I wish I knew. Well, aloha, man. Thanks for having me out here. This has been so much fun. Um, I think this is actually a really cool place to start a tour, uh, just because you guys, you're kind of isolated from the mainland. You can't, just can't pop over to another city. Uh, I know a lot of you guys out here. Uh, and also, there's a lot of good stuff for video. You know, I see so many people out here on vacation, and they're videoing, and they're documenting. Uh, I think it's also, it's just a real seductive place to start something that's so important, I think. You know, people making media, you got such a gathering of cultures here. Uh, and it's cool. I don't get out here as much as I get out to other parts of the country. You know, I'm in Seattle 50 million times, but I'm not in Hawaii. So, it's all good. It's just going to be a lot of fun. So, where's the next step on your tour? I have a feeling it will probably start... <laughs> no problem. I have a feeling it will probably start Seattle, uh, work its way down Portland, San Francisco, L.A., San Diego, and then start working its way across the country. Um, I know Vancouver's got to get worked in there someplace, so we'll see. It's crazy. I'm not a professional tourer. Right. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, just one question about Hawaii. What uh, What do you like best about coming out here? This is your uh, second trip? Yeah, I was actually out here for Christmas with my family. Um, well, I don't know. It's just it's a different lifestyle. It's very similar to California lifestyle, but with warmer weather. So, uh, I don't know. Just I'll get another pina colada or another Mai Tai and we'll call it a day. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Eric. Uh, mahalo. 
sad but true, but in these weblog and pundit-infested times it is sometimes hard to find a truly insightful and talented thinker to help us put the issues of the day in perspective. Now, a few weeks ago, I was able to sit down with my son, Zach, for a chat, and a lot of you liked what he had to say. Of course, he's a very, very busy toddler, and in fact, is always 16 places at once, and it was only recently that I was able to sit down with him once again for a chat. Now, right now, the fight in Washington is over the filibuster over judicial nominees, and joining us to talk about this very serious issue is Zach. Zach joins us from our studios in Washington. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate that uh, you're quite busy, so we'll make this quick. Now, the Senate, uh, as we all know, has been involved in a historic debate that could end filibusters on judicial nominees, the uh, so-called nuclear option when voting begins on Tuesday, I think. Now, a deal has been uh, pretty hard to come by. What do you think has been holding things up? I, um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Are there any negotiations still going on behind closed doors? Um, look at that, look at that, huh? The Republicans behind um, um, wall, look at high wall, huh? So you're saying that the uh, Senate Democrats are basically up against the wall? I don't, wall, um, the Is that what this is about, the Supreme Court? Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think it's going to go to the wall, or do you think there will be a settlement? Oh my! Well, is that what it's all about then? Left-wing groups? Uh, yeah. Zach, are you prepared to predict how this is all going to turn out? Yeah. Well, is one side in greater danger than the other? Yeah. Well, again, that's your view, but, uh, you know, Zach, the president is saying that his judicial nominees deserve an up-or-down vote, period. Yeah. Um, robot, um, the white, up, up there, huh? The up there, huh? Well, you know, right now you've got the Senate virtual deadlocked over this. They're, they're, they're frozen in a way. They're not getting to the other business that's before them. Are the American people getting what they should be getting while all this is going on? That's, huh? Apple? That apple? I don't. I do I want an apple. What about Senate tradition? Isn't something to be said for that? I'm damn. I'm damn robot funny, huh? Well, I'm glad that you think it's funny, but I, I can think of a few Republicans who don't. How about the flinging about of the name Hitler in the debates? Yeah. Robot that's one funny. You think it's funny? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, at least you're keeping a light attitude about all of this. Well, Zach, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, okay? Okay. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, let's close out this show with a little noise. You know, sure, Hawaii is known for its ukulele style and Don Ho and Israel Kamaka Viva Ole's wonderful world, but these islands with their many colors and cultures are also home to every style of sound imaginable. Now, one local band, The Crud, is on the verge of releasing their first official album after years of hard work and crazy gigs. The Crud is a straight-up rock band with a post-grunge alternative sound. Uh, they put it this way, think Nirvana meets Weezer and then gets molested by the Pixies. 
This song is off that CD, due out in just over a week. The EP is entitled Antidote, and this song is Too Much Time. It is a quick and frantic two minutes long. I'll catch you on the flip side. She sells out like what you're gonna be. She sells out like how you dance. She says that she would like to sell down because you are the one. You're my last chance. Time by The Crud, a hard-working local band that's finally putting out their debut EP, Antidote. Now, if you like rock, you've got to pick it up, and you can find all the information you need at their site at thecrud.com. Of course, I'll have the link for you in the show notes at hawaiiup.com. Now, if you're especially cool, you'll actually check out their big CD release party taking place Wednesday, June 1st at the Wave Waikiki. They'll be rocking the house along with other bands, uh, Missing Dave, Pimp Bot, and Black Square. So uh, get down, get down there and check it out and support our local music scene. June 1st at the Wave Waikiki with the crud. And with that, it's time to sign off. Mahalo. Thanks for listening. And if you've got a question or a comment, please don't hesitate to call the listener line at 808-356-0127 or email me at comments at hawaiiup.com. Thanks one last time to Akamai Brain Collective for the great theme music. Mahalo, Please take care, everyone. Until next time, ahui ho.